Welcome back to the Life of Cabri podcast. It's me, Serena Hussein. And thank you for your feedback on last week's episode. Um, the title was How Do You Pronounce Namaste? Um, and I spelt it as Namaste. And the feedback I got was, that was really fun. Serena, you are being more candid. You're being more like yourself. Let's hear more of it. So, yes, there will be more of it. I am still... I'm still... <laughs> I'm I'm still still. I'm still unwell, unfortunately. Um, it's taken me a while to recover, but I'm not going to rush the recovery. I am a holistic queen. I'm not about trying to push through. I am very carefully managing my energy and my capacity and my levels in lots of ways and that's why I am happy to be bringing you these episodes on a weekly basis. Weekly I can manage in this episode. I want to talk to you about hyper independence hyper independence is something that's referred to as being too much of a good thing and can be a bad thing a lot of people talk about it when they are critical of women or they um, seem to have some agenda, I guess, when it comes to women's independence and their, I don't know, maybe apprehension to rely on others and perhaps be quite self-sufficient and that's not such a good thing. You see, hyper-independence, it's often believed to encourage a complete inability to depend on others and being too self-reliant so hyper independence is an extreme it's an extreme um, sort of situation it's describing something that's quite sort of severe apparently it can often make us more isolated and emotionally distant from the people around us um, hyper independence can also be a trauma response to past and present experiences and studies have found that traumatic experiences may have taught us to only trust ourselves to get through life. But Serena here asserts what about when hyper independence or a more concentrated reliance on self can actually be a good thing, a necessary thing. And so that's what I'm going to do in this episode. I'm going to flip some of the so-called symptoms of the problem of hyperindependence and present how these can be valuable for our life, valuable for those who are being accused of being hyperindependent. So I'm going to get into this now. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Life of Calvary podcast. Um, and wherever you're listening from, thank you. And if there is a function for you to comment, drop a comment. Let me know where you're listening from. And do subscribe and follow if you haven't already. So apparently a hyperindependent person is a very private person and they're described as being 
a closed book. They won't open up to others. Hmm. And so being a very private person means you're not letting somebody in. Who wants to be let in, I ask? Who's complaining that you're a closed person? Is it that you're not you're not allowing others in? Are you not opening up to everyone who's showing an interest in you? In you? <laughs> um really? Are you not? And 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 that's not right, is it? It's not right, is it? No, because you should be open to everyone who shows an interest in you. I'm going to say this. Being a private person is probably a good thing. It teaches us discernment. You don't have to open up to everyone who's interested in you. Oh, just because someone's taking an interest, you're you're obliged to share everything, warts and all. Mm, must be an open book, must wear your heart on your sleeve because you've got to trust, right? Right, okay. So being a private person, no, no, no. Shouldn't be doing that. Do you want to take a sip of your tea? Right, so also... A hyper-independent person is a a workaholic or an overachiever. Hmm. You you know I'm taking this personally because I've been described as both. And I think it's really important to balance things and balance your life. Like I said, you know I'm the holistic queen. We know I'm the holistic queen. It's all about being everything and sort of an equal measure, moderation, blah-de-blah-de-blah. You've got to make time for fun. It can't all be about work. But what if, for a phase of your life, for a period of time, it is all about work? What if having focus and discipline is essential right now? And I would argue, focus and discipline is in short supply these days. These days... People are allowing a little bit too much balance. It's all about having fun and and having joy and and it shouldn't feel like effort. Um, effort, effort, effort is hard. I mean, take a sip. Really, in order in order to achieve things, not everything. I mean, you're going to have to break a sweat. Okay, you have to break a sweat. You just have to. Things don't come easily. You have to make sacrifices, compromises. Enjoy it. Of course, enjoy it. It's completely fine. But there's also nothing wrong with having focus and discipline and effort and wanting to achieve and wanting to work. Enjoying work, for goodness sake. Apparently, you're not delegating tasks it means you're not trusting people Eh, I mean if if you're looking at it from a organizational perspective working in a team let's just say you're a team in your sort of personal life and you're not delegating it means you're not trusting well maybe you don't I mean I agree to work as a team or to collaborate with others it's interesting it's helpful um you can learn to trust and enjoy working 
with others, you know, the working together dynamic. What's wrong with having ownership of your craft, though, of your own tasks, of your creativity? It can be a really rewarding thing. Hmm. I think maybe there's too much reliance on others expecting to delegate because that's what leaders do. Well, leaders also work. You've also got to do the work. It's like having real pride over your craft. You don't need to delegate everything and outsource everything. What if, what if doing all parts of it is part of your creative process? And that's what gives you so much fulfillment and happiness. Hmm. Not asking for help, apparently. Another trait of hyper-independent people. Mm, I might have to concede a little bit on this point, but only very slightly. Now, whilst I myself have not been the best at doing this, I believe that has taught me to learn what I need first before I ask someone for help. So let's be clear. I need to understand what I actually need before I can ask for what I need. So if you're not asking for help, perhaps it's because you're quite happy to figure things out, see how you go. You're not immediately reaching out like, you know, like a child who falls down and then like immediately put their arms up. Pick me up, mummy. Pick me up. What if you can just take a moment and see if your limbs, your knees can help you get up off the floor and get walking again before you ask for help? Asking for help. (sighs) Being used to doing everything by ourselves, this kind of isolation can take its toll apparently. Apparently there are phases of... Okay, I think learning to be self-reliant is not something that everyone gets to experience. They don't have that experience in their life where they've had to rely on themselves. It's only when you perhaps were raised a certain way or you are met with a certain experience in your life that circumstances force you to have to, right? And then when you do and you get used to it, it's okay to rely on it. And in fact, you feel pretty good. You feel pretty good that you're able to rely on yourself like you've got your own back, right? Now, there are phases of our life that requires us to learn, to get more comfortable with ourselves, to confront aspects of ourselves that we perhaps neglected with all the noise and distraction of others. So maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay to have that isolation. Maybe it's okay. I mean, you know, as I say on the podcast, let's not kind of get into the weeds. We all know we're social animals and we want company so I wouldn't ever endorse just being on your own all the time but if you're having to do things on your own without the help of others then okay figure it out 
Apparently, hyper-independent people make choices all by themselves and they alienate others. They don't allow anyone else to make choices for them. Now, I would argue that if you're in a relationship with someone, then there's a dynamic that needs to be sought with that person so that your expectations align. Now, this one doesn't very, it doesn't make much sense to me because it leads me to ask, who are you disappointing and alienating by making your own choices and decisions? What were the expectations that were set up? Are there new expectations? Is this a new relationship dynamic? If so, negotiate what works for you. If there's someone in your life who's saying, you're alienating me by not including me in your decision making, that seems like it's a relationship that you've been taking part in and that you're sort of needing to you will need to sort of address because perhaps some of your decisions are not solo ones, but you're making them solo. So that's where I, I can understand where this sort of criticism comes in. But if you're a hyper, if you're a hyper independent person and you're used to making your own decisions, I can't imagine there being anyone in your life who's waiting to collaborate with you on your life decisions. I just, I don't get that. I really don't get it. Apparently, hyper-independent people struggle with long-term relationships and keep people at an emotional distance. Why does everyone have to be at such close proximity emotionally? Uncomfortable opening up? Is it because you're so closed off or because you're perhaps discerning? Maybe there are too many demands on your time. You're having to make them feel needed and wanted. Mm. Apparently others expect you to chase them, but as an hyper, as a hyper independent person, you're not chasing and you should, right? Again, another trait uh, that's been described of a hyper independent person, I just don't get. Yes, I'm all for balance. Remember, I am the holistic queen about being present, yes, but why do they have, why, why do we need strings attached, why can't there be space between you, why does everyone have to be let in so much all the time, and why do we have to get in to others all the time, why can't we just allow some space, and then maybe if that sort of expectation is adjusted, there'd be more chance for a long-term relationship to actually do well. So this point is making that people who are hyper-independent don't manage to have long-term relationships because they keep people at an emotional distance. I would argue people who are too emotionally in the face of others also won't do very well in long-term relationships. Moving on to the next point. Apparently, hyper-independent people dislike needy people, excessively needy and clingy people. Now, you know, it really does give me the ache. Let me freestyle this one a bit. <laughs> it gives me the ick so much when someone's needy and clingy. I really don't like it. I don't like it because I feel suffocated. And it's not that I'm not used to giving to somebody. I'm a mother and I'm a family person and I'm a friend person and work person. I have to deal with others all the time. I just don't appreciate 
when others are demanding when I don't have the capacity to give because we need to filleth our own cupeth, right? So because I need to filleth my own cup, I don't have an overflowing abundance of time and attention for someone else all the time. And I wonder why is there this expectation for somebody to be available um, at your sort of, you know, whim just because you're in a relationship with them or because you live under the same roof. I think, again, are we not allowing people time and space? Why are we being so demanding of others? What is it that you can't do to rely on yourself? Hmm? What about that? See, all of these points that I'm addressing that have been made about hyper-independent people, I wonder who's making these points. So, being strong and self-sufficient, I think, is key, right? But attaching to others and needing them, needing them, is okay too. Companionship, affection, relationship, they're all things we seek and it's okay to have them, but not throwing ourselves into something for the sake of these things. It's argued making ourselves vulnerable is really important, but you've got to make yourself vulnerable to the right person, to the right people. Wherever you are, whether it's personal or professional, you need to be careful, you need to be discerning and not just throw caution to the wind, you know. Don't move and and, and act with reckless abandon just because, oh, I've been told to be vulnerable and be open and let people in. So so this is me being my whole self, my best self. We can't be our whole selves and our best selves everywhere. Not everyone can embrace it. And they shouldn't either. They shouldn't be expected to embrace it. So I think all of this rhetoric, I think it's quite quite interesting. Where is it coming from? Who's saying all of these things? Who's saying all of these things? I get, I get that hyper-independence is something that occurs with people who have suffered trauma, might still be suffering trauma, and have had to really rely on themselves. I get that point. I get it. I really do. In fact, it's been my experience. But I have learned a great deal, and healing has been possible because I've given myself that space to really cultivate self-reliance and inner strength. I think we should let people have the time and space to cultivate these things. When we complain and we ask for more than what someone is available to give us, what are we robbing from them? It's only... your needs aren't that great that that it's important you rob someone else's time and attention and peace and sanity just because they're in a relationship with you. You can't have that kind of entitlement. And if you need to negotiate on what you want from that relationship, from that person who is healthily, healthily attached who is, you know, interdependent with you, then fabulous. You can figure out what your needs are and how 
you would like them to be met by the other person you're in relationship with. But mm, I find that the criticisms um, being made of hyper-independent people, in particular very independent women, are they coming from people who might want to control them? Ha! I said it. I, yeah, I said it. I'm Serena Hussey. This is a Life of Gary podcast. Proving to be quite a bit of therapy for me. Quite therapeutic, really, whilst I convalesce. But thank you so much for tuning in again. I will be back on a weekly basis, wherever podcasts are available. If you would like more from me, then you can find it on my other YouTube channel. It's just under my name, Serena Hussein. It's where I vlog and such. There's some creative content available there as well. So, I will... I will be talking to you very soon. You'll be hearing from me very soon. This is a Life Cabbie podcast, a place where I like to go off script a fair bit and sip my tea. Thank you.